Hi, welcome to Solo BG Podcast. My name is Derek, and this is episode number 63. Yes, I was checking right now. Hey, sorry, by the way, because it's been two weeks since I actually, a little bit more, because the last time that I released an episode was on April 20th, and today when I'm recording, it's uh, May 9th. So we hopefully, hopefully tonight, the episode will be on air, if not uh, tomorrow, which is going to be May 10th, Sunday, 2020, which, by the way, I believe is Mother's Day also in the United States. So happy Mother's Day to all of you amazing uh, players that you are mothers, that you have that blessing or luck uh, to be mothers. Well, happy Mother's Day. And also in Mexico, well, you know, the country where I came from, my when I'm proud of it, uh, it's Mother's Day as well, always on May the 10th. So uh, Feliz Dia de las Madres or Happy Mother's Day. Uh, to Mexico as well, or any if it's the same for Latin America and Spain or any other country in the world. I don't know Germany, uh, France. I don't know Happy Mother's Day as well, even if it's uh, on May the 10th or if it has been in the past or the future. Well, anyway, you got it. Uh, anyway, this is episode number 62, like I said. And after I apologize with you, my friend, that you are in the other side of the speaker. Well, you know this is a, an exciting episode because we're gonna talk about a game that probably you already read on the title that has one of my favorite my favorite themes ever and you know if you've been listening to my previous episode that i i'm a huge fan of a lot of franchises you know and a lot of um sagas and stories and stuff like that like i don't know like i can turn to my game room here and see like uh collectibles and games about back to the future james bond uh batman of course most of my game room is like a you know batman stuff collectibles statues and, and pictures and frames and autographs and stuff like that but also the other theme that i really enjoy and that i really love and i'm a huge fan of it books comics animated series um all the movies uh collectibles miniatures you know you name it it's star wars and in this episode we're going to talk about a star wars game that i'm not going to name it officially even if you read it already on the title I'm going to wait a little bit to tell you the title of the game. Anyway, uh, so today, once again, we're recording episode number 63. I'm very proud. This is a good number, you know, 63. It's been a long road. And if this is your first time on this show or this podcast, well, let me tell you what it's about. As you know, we talk... Well, probably you don't know because if this is your first time, well, you won't know, of course. We talk about solo and cooperative board games. That's right. Modern games, modern board games that you can play solo against the game, against the table, either through an scenario, campaign, mission, you name it, or also those games. Most likely, they're able to play cooperative, which is, means your friends and you versus the game. So this is what it's, this podcast is about. And if you've been following these 63 episodes, well, you better you know better than me anyway episode 63 i'm excited to be here and i'm so excited that let's start right now like always in three two one welcome to solo bg your podcast for solo and cooperative board games Here you will find everything you need to know about your favorite and most recent games. Art, rules, gameplays, and interviews. Here is your host, Derek Rodriguez. Alrighty, and now we are officially kicking in episode number 63 of Solo BG Podcast. But I don't want to move forward without telling you 
that remember you can follow me please follow me on my social media and reach out to me because i'm very happy when you guys reach out to me you can uh look for me in solo at solo bg podcast in facebook twitter and instagram you can also shoot me an email to solo bg podcast at gmail.com anyway this is episode number 63 now officially and my name is derek once again and we're gonna talk about star wars Outer Rim. This is a game designed by Corey Kanishka and also with Tony Fanchi and is published by Fantasy Flight Games. This game was released in 2019, but like always, before we start to talk about the game, let me tell you what I've been playing since April 20th because I've been trying to, you know, reach out to that uh, kind of like towards the middle and more towards the end, I would like to say, which is not true. Uh, with my 10 by 10 challenge. So I've been playing some games, you know, I've been also remodeling a little bit my game room, trying to get more space for more shelves because as probably you are in the same way like me, uh, the collection is getting bigger and it's something that we cannot, you know, avoid. <laughs> so something is part of the hobby, right? That's how, that's how I like to call it. Uh, anyway, and also I want to give you a big, big audio hug. Let, hey, I like that audio hug. Like it's like hashtag audio hug solo VG podcast. A big one to all of you amazing listeners and friends that are on the other side of the speakers that we are going through these uh, COVID times, through the difficult, through these difficult times of COVID-19 or coronavirus. So I want to, you know, give you that audio hug. Big one, big one to all of you that are especially in some regions in America that they're very um dangerous right now or very uh, you know tough or also in places like in spain in italy in germany in france you know to all of you wherever you are in any part of the world well thank you very much and i said uh, any place in the world because i have seen on the stats of the episodes with the server that we use for the podcast that you know i'm very blessed that we have uh, uh listeners everywhere literally everywhere you name it china new zealand australia germany france england mexico uh south america uh chile argentina uh us of course canada you name it so and i'm very blessed and i'm very happy because remember this is yours as well this is our community this is our podcast it's not my podcast it's ours so thank you very much and once again that audio hug to, to you to be uh, to be able to be strong in these difficult times, protect yourself, protect your family, and keep playing games because this hobby it's a beautiful thing. That probably this is the time where we where we are like yes, yes, thank you that I'm in this hobby because I can get a lot of entertainment and a lot of immersiveness and adventures and you know and even a lot of uh, people right now a lot of gamers or board gamers they're for the first time trying to experience and discover the solo games and if that's your case i'm so proud of you <laughs> welcome to the hobby because uh the solo board games at least for me they have changed my life a lot so yeah welcome anyway since the last episode which was in april 20 i've been playing some games one of them has been aeon's end the new age a standalone expansion and i can tell you right now that aeon's end it's probably my my favorite deck building mechanic, I will say, not game, mechanic. 
Uh, you know, it's it's so good. I mean, I, I like that I don't have to shuffle, especially for me. <laughs> I'm not a good shufflehead. I really like the turn mechanic. You know, that's the only part that you need to shuffle. Yes, and if you're playing solo, well, you're playing with two. I remember, I remember they call them mages or heroes. Um, and, you know, you're basically shuffle, shuffling that uh, turn, you know, deck. But other than that, I mean, I like the, the mechanic of when you're gaining cards and especially when you're discarding the, the cards that you play at the end of your turn, you're able to place them in any order that you like. So in that way, when you empty your uh, your deck, you just flip your discard pile, and now that becomes your deck without shuffling. So that's amazing. And then uh, then uh, the new age introduces a new method for the Aeon Sand, which is the legacy method. It, ha it gives you, like, I believe five SNRs of legacy and campaign, which they are super cool, super fun, and, you know, that's the game that I've been enjoying playing it. And for that game, I don't want to dedicate an episode because what I want to do is to get at least the new age, I'm sorry, the Aeon's End Legacy version. In that way, I can play the Legacy, the full Legacy. I can play also, well, I already played this one. And who knows, probably the first one. In that way, I can have like a, a special episode for for Aeon's End. And I can have uh, some of you amazing listeners, why not? If you're a huge fan of the game, you can shoot me an email at solobgpodcast.gmail.com. And we can coordinate and do an episode together. Even if it's one, two, or three of you, we can do it together through through Skype uh, or through Zoom or something like that. We can record it, and I can help you out, and you can be in the show, and we can talk about the Aeon Sand. Why not? So that's what I'm planning to do. Also, I've been playing Resident Evil to the board game because we are about, well, the Kickstarter of Resident Evil 3, it's about to finish, I believe, in three days or four. Uh, and that's a game that I really enjoy. I have mentioned it in the past. I'm looking forward to do a review also of this game. Uh, probably more towards Halloween time because I try to save all these like horror or terror games for October. But anyway, who knows? Probably I can do it before that. The only thing that I will spoil right now that I hate from Resident Evil 2, the board game, is the freaking <laughs> freaking uh, templates that you use for the to, to uh, do the map. They're so dark. I remember the, the video game, I mean... It was dark, yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> you can increase the brightness on the TV and you would have fixed it. But these ones, I mean, even if you put, like, a like a, like a flashlight directly or something, they're so dark. <laughs> I mean, come on, make it a little bit brighter, people, from Steamforge. Anyway, Resident Evil, anyway, that's just, like, the one thing of the components. But the gameplay and the mechanics is very simple, but I liked it. Uh, I enjoyed it, and especially if you're a fan of the theme of the video games of Resident Evil, well, this is a must-have. And uh, I'm looking forward for the Kickstarter of Resident Evil 3. I already did my pledge. Check it out. It's on Kickstarter right now. I've been playing Resident Evil 2. I've also been playing Charterstone, and I've been telling you this on the previous episodes. My wife and I, we are about to start uh, on game number 7. And this is my true, well, I guess besides uh, the new age of uh, Eon's End, this is my true, true first legacy experience. And so far, it's been very positive, you know? I mean, uh, like I said, I want to finish the game in order to, to to fulfill the 12 games in order to record an episode about it. But the the perspective that it gives me right now is very positive. It has very nice mechanics. It's still surprising us. Like, every game is different. Something changed. And actually, on the last last game, of course, I'm not going to spoil you, it really, it really, really surprises to my wife and I. We were laughing when, at the end, something happened, and it's very, very positive. I can, I can say that so far. It seems like every game, uh, every episode that we're playing, the game changes. The game 
give you something different uh and the story is going good so you know i'm looking forward to finish that game we are in we're about to start episode seven of charterstone also i was able i was lucky enough to get by <laughs> let me tell you the story a little bit about this game that i'm going to mention to you Mage Knight, the ultimate edition by Vlada Javatil and published by WizKids. Since all this start, like quarantine times and COVID and all the stuff back on probably probably since the last week of February or something like that, this game has been out of stock all the time in Amazon. All the time, all the time. Even now, right now, it's out of stock. And when I say from Amazon, it's because all the game, gaming stores, of course, they close. So... Uh, I have like probably most of you have I have my game list over there online. You know, I keep looking every day and add some games to my list and so forth, right? So anyway, I was checking every day, checking every day, checking every day, and suddenly, <laughs> like three, like two weeks ago, I saw that somebody post, "Hey, Machinite, uh, it's on a stock on Amazon." I went right away, like one minute after the post was published, I went and they had like ten in a stock only. I ordered mine, I pay mine. And then when I refresh the web page, out of stock. It's crazy. People are looking for this game so crazy, especially on these times. And you know what? I don't blame it because I don't have any problem in telling you that Mage Knight, it's more, more like, most likely or more likely, my favorite solo game ever. Simple as that. Mage Knight is so good. Um... You know, there's some games that they're also there for me, like uh, the City of Kings. It's almost at the same level, you know. I really enjoy, uh, of course, with legs, way legs com complexity, like Lord of the Rings, Yarnus and Middle Earth, um, Street Masters, uh, Mansions of Madness. But, oh my, I mean, Match Knight, it's so well designed. It's so complex. It's so immersive. And it's so good. I got the Ultimate Edition. I got to play a few games of it. And I've been having a blast, a real, real blast. And I would say that the first game, it took me like uh, probably three hours and I did a lot of mistakes and I was checking videos. And by the way, if you want to learn the game, go to Ricky Royal on YouTube because he has an amazing tutorial of the videos back from 2013 or 12 or something. But the, ch the game hasn't changed. Anyway, I was watching videos, I was going back to the rule book and playing and then going back and okay, trying to figure out some rules, especially the combat rules about the damage is very clever, how mathematically speaking, I mean, it's kind of, you know, tricky, but anyway, uh, I've been playing Match Night, it's a blast, it's hard, it's everything, it's everything that you can expect from a solo game. Uh, I don't see how, I mean, I haven't tried this game two players. Well, sort of. I played like uh, two or three years ago with my friend Caleb, two players. But we were handling one hero. This We was like a more like a co cooperative thing and just both of us handled the same hero. But, um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I can I can see uh, people playing two players, but, I mean, I don't know. I, need to, I will need to see or try. I'm not against it, but I know if I try it, probably four players, it will take easily for hours or something <laughs> anyway um yeah so that's mage night um and you know i actually i actually love it and I, like i said probably the the best game for solo ever i also play king of tokyo why not king of tokyo is always fun i also play century golem edition sheriff of nottingham that was the believe it or not it was the first time that i played sheriff of nottingham with some friends and i had a blast 
those are the games that you want to have in your library collection or in your gaming library collection, better said, because those are games that, believe it or not, even if we're talking about Mage Knight <laughs> and we go to Sheriff of Nottingham, believe it or not, uh, those are the games that can open a window to, for new gamers. So, it's, you know, it's always good to keep those kinds of game, games in your shelves just in case. If you have friends, family, or whatever, you know, you can try to motivate, bring some people to the to the hobby because, of course, you're not going to show to somebody that doesn't know anything about the hobby and has only known Sorry and Monopoly, you're not going to show them Mage Knight because they, you're just going to scare them away. So, <laughs> start easy with Sheriff of Nottingham or something like that. I also been playing, of course, uh, Star Wars Outer Rim, which is the one that we're going to review today or tonight or this evening. I also been pl- I also played Dice Town, very fun game. Dice Town. If you want, if you like Western, if you like poker, and you like rolling dice, that's a perfect game for you, my friend. Very uh, party game, family-ish, but very cool and very uh, enjoyable. I also be been playing War of the Worlds, the new wave. I got this game like for ten dollars or something like that on Amazon. It's from Gray, Fo- Gray Fox Games. Uh, my expectations were nothing, and <laughs> it was fun. Uh, not the best game ever, but it's a fun two-player game. And if you like that sort of thing, like the the movie or the books of the of the um, what is it, what is called the War of the Worlds, well, there you go. The new uh, the new wave. It's basically that, but just in in England, I believe. So it's very fun. Anyway, two-player game. You should check it out. I played another game going back in time. I believe it's from 2012, I want to say, 2013. Small World, of course, you know it. Small World, I played it. In those games, they feel fresh, you know. I like when games do that. When games are like eight years old or something, and then you still bring them to the table and they still feel... I mean, the components, well, you can tell, yeah, the board is pretty, pretty simple and probably looks old but the mechanics they don't feel old and it still feels fresh and some of the components are actually good and the art is good i like it so i like to have those kinds of games and play them because i believe they don't age so that's good i also play another game that that one did age <laughs> and that one does feel old and is believe it or not it's from 2017 and it even feels older for me at least um, that was my uh uh expect uh my Whatever it's called, my impression, right? So I'm talking about Keiju Crush by Fireside Games. Uh, my wife and I we tried it a couple of nights ago, and it's basically like a like a monster Keiju chess movement type of games where you are like moving to different um, tiles, and when you move to a tile, you claim it. Those are victory points for you. But if you land in a tile with another monster, they then you battle and you fight them, and you have a deck of cards that you're gonna draw five. And basically, what you're gonna play is rock. How is it called? Rock, uh, rock, paper, uh, scissors. Yeah, rock, paper, scissors. Uh, it's basically what you're playing, but it's still, it's still with those symbols will be like tail, the tail from the dinosaur, or the monster, the the feet, uh, the body, or the head. So I don't know. Like head will kill uh, uh, feet, feet will will kill tail, or tail will kill feet, and then head will kill everything and and the tail will kill the head and so forth, right? So it's it's very um simple. It's not bad. It just feels old. I mean, we were playing, my wife and I, and we were like, eh. I mean, would I bring it back to the table? Me, Derek, personally, no. And the only I told her the only reason that we will play this game again is if you want to play it. But, I mean, I got it, like, for five bucks on a sale, so I don't regret it. I don't. I, I, it doesn't hurt having it on my shelf or than stealing a little bit of space. 
But do I recommend it for you? If you find it in a garage sale or something or in a sale on Amazon, sure, go for it, right? But other than that, <laughs> well, there is KU Crush. And then I also been playing another one of my favorites from Ravensburger, Horrified. And we did an episode about Horrified last October of, 20, of 2019. If you haven't listened up, go back to the, those episodes after you finish this one. Because on October uh, 2019, we did like four or five episodes for the Halloween special. Uh, and one of those was Horrified. So check it out. And Horrified, still my same impressions. It's a very good game. Uh, and for me, I give it a solid four out of five. Uh, because it's a fun game, fun cooperative. It can get hard if you add more monsters. Uh, we will we will fighting uh, Dracula, uh, Frankenstein and the Bride, and the Invisible Man. And you can check out the pictures in our Instagram, Facebook, and on Twitter at Podcast. Anyway, we're almost 20 minutes already on the episode and we haven't even started to talk about the game that we're going to review this time or that we're going to talk about this time. So I wanted to tell you what I've been playing and like now that I mentioned the social media, once again, just remember to go there and check out the pictures that I post very, very, very often and not to say daily, probably. Anyway, we are ready. Star Wars Outer Rim, once again, it's published by Fantasy Flight. And the game is designed by Corey Kanishka and Tony Fanchik, which, by the way, Corey Kanishka, uh, we had an episode with him where we interviewed him when the quality of the audio was very, very low because that was our beginning. Actually, he was one of our first interviews, which I really appreciated with Corey Kanishka. On that time, he was still belonging to Fantasy Flight. Now, I believe he's independent or he works for another uh, gaming publisher. But anyway, every time that I see a Kani Kanishka game, Kori Kanishka, I'm always more like, yeah, I need to get it. So uh, then I saw Star Wars Other Rim, and I was like, yep, <laughs> I need to get it too. So let's talk about it. Let's start, like always, by the sections. And the first one, which is Box and Cover. Box and Cover. Okay, so now we are in the box and cover section of the show, and we have a Star Wars Outer Rim, uh, designed by Curry Kanishka with Tony Fanchi by Fantasy Flight Games, a game of bounty hunters, mercenaries, and smugglers for one, yes, thank you, for one to four players. And on the front, guess what? You have the Millennium Falcon running away. The fastest, the fastest ship on the galaxy is running away and you have some TIE fighters in the back trying to destroy him. And then you have like another ship on the back that I'm not able to describe which one it is. Probably one from the bounty hunters too. Uh, and they're running away, but especially the Millennium Falcon towards the front of the, of, the, of the box. And some explosions with some asteroids in the back. And it's so cool. So it's Star Wars. So yeah, I love the art on the, on the, on the box. This box, you can display it, and it will look cool on your game room. So, Star Wars, yes. Then on the side, you have the same, basically the same picture, the Millennium Falcon. And then on the sides, you have Star Wars, Outer Rim, and it's the same. And then you have Lando Carisian playing cards. Why not? It's Lando, my friends. And then on the other side of the box, you have one of my favorite, favorite characters from the whole saga. Uh, which is, of course, Mr. Boba Fett. Star Wars Outer Rim, and he described you the game again, which, by the way, spoiler alert, put it on silence if you don't want to know anything about what is coming for The Mandalorian Season 2. I will give you uh, three seconds to down the volume a little bit or advance like 15 seconds. Three, 
2-1. Boba Fett, it's coming on season 2 The Mandalorian. I'm so happy that you have it. Now let's take these spoilers back to normal. 3-2-1. <laughs> yeah, well, there we are. Okay, so now we're back in the game. Good if you turn the volume down in that way you didn't hear what I said about Mandalorian season 2. Anyway... <laughs> Star Wars Otterim, here it is for you. Everything you heard about me is true, says Lander Carisian. In a Star Wars Otterim, you and your friends take on the roles of bounty hunters, smugglers, and mercenaries and set out to make your mark on the galaxy. You'll travel the Otterim in your personal ship, hire legendary Star Wars characters to join your crew, and try to become the most famous or infamous outlaw in the galaxy. Will you make a name for yourself by hunting bounties for the huts, stealing for the crime syndicates, or smuggling goods for the past imperial patrols? 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 <laughs> All these and more is possible as your adventure through the outskirts of the known galaxy. Set your coordinates, gather your crew, and make the jump to hyperspace with Star Wars Outer Rim. Once again, it's a game that it plays 1-4 to four players, and that is recommended 14-year-old plus, and that it plays in two to three hours. That's right, two to three hours. They were accurate about that. Then on the back of the box, you have how the layout will look on your table, of course, without the Star Destroyer in the back and without the camp of asteroids or the asteroid fields and the Star Fighters in the back as well, unless you get the official mat for Star Wars Outer Rim. Or, in my case, I use my Star Wars X-Wing Miniatures game mat, which works perfectly for the game. It doesn't matter. You don't need to get the official for this one. And then it tells you the game content uh, that is published by Fantasy Flight, uh, Disney, of course, which is the owner of Star Wars licensing, and Fantasy Flight games. Anyway, this was the box and cover. The size of the box, pretty standard, 12-inch. The one that you will be able to fit on your gaming shelves. And once again, it's nothing big or nothing like immensive um so and it will look awesome to display it on your game room because if you're a star wars fan like me why not anyway this was the box and cover and now let's see let's find out what is inside the box inside the box Okay, so now let's do the audio unboxing. Like always, let me move the box. I love to do this. There, there it is. I'm moving the box. Anyway, let's open. Let's open this this game to see what we find inside. So let me uh, kind of do it here. You're gonna hear me a little bit away because I'm trying to open the box. Here it is. Now it's open. The first thing that we find is two rule books. Of course, it's Fantasy Flight. You're always gonna find the Learn to Play book, which is pretty cool. The same. Uh, you know, covered with the Millennium Falcon that I described to you. And then you have the rules reference, which is the Star Wars Outer Rim. And you have, yes, the Spray Fighter, uh, the ship from Mr. Boba Fett and the Bounty Hunters. There you go. So you have the rules reference and you have the learn to play. And then you're going to get a bunch of components that we're going to talk about the quality in a little bit. You're going to get all the cards for different markets that it will make more sense in a little bit and the big cards for the for the ships that you're going to be using with their uh, compartments like crew compartments and cargo and cargo or mod compartments and their ship go again and their stats for the ship and also you get all those what i call possibly possibly cardboards because they will form the big mad on the game that you're gonna play so the first thing you're gonna get is 12 ship sheets which is which are the papers that i told you 
or the mats, the ship mat or the player mats that you're going to use in order to have your uh, your crews, your cargo mods, your mods and all that stuff and the stats of your ship. You also only get you're going to get four player cardboard boards which they're pretty cool because they all going to have different tracks you know, for different influence level across the galaxy, you're going to have the rebel influence, you're going to have the imperial influence track, you're also going to get the syndicate and the hot syndicate uh, track as well. You're also going to get uh, 16 reputation tokens that or influence, I guess, those are the ones that you're going to put there, 22 contact tokens, 16 patrol tokens, 8 character standees, which they're eh, pretty standard quality. More like, uh, I guess, the same quality that you will find in Eldritch Horror standees or the Final Hour standees or so forth. You don't get minis on this game. Too bad, right? You get uh, 8 uh, the standees for that, the 40 damage tokens, 60 create tokens, 70 encounter cards, 70 market cards, 53 databank cards, uh, 8 character cards, 4 reference cards, 10 AI cards for the solo game, and tokens and map tiles, which are the ones that I told you that you're going to get in a puzzle. The, sta the quality on the cards... It's very standard, and I know you always hear me say that, but so far I haven't found like a game that we heard about that we will say, oh my god, the quality of this is super cool. Well, this is a very standard. Uh, they're not the normal size that actually surprised me that Fantasy Flight used for most of the games that you use the same sleeves. For this one, you're going to use, instead of the silver ones or the gray ones, you're going to use the green ones, so number five, because those are a little bit smaller. And that smaller of the cards bring a consequence that I will talk when we talk about what do I think about the game and if I rather play solo or cooperative. So those are the components. That's what you're gonna find inside the box. Everything feels good, fits good inside the box. If you get creative, you don't need to throw away the um, the divider that you have, uh, you know, with the game. The game because I know a lot of people, you know, they throw it away the divider that they come for and they just put like c-block backs or something in the way it can fit this one if you get creative you don't need to throw anything away i actually haven't thrown anything away and if it's everything fits pretty cool i don't know if when expansion comes if they come because it's of course it's fantasy flight i don't know if they're gonna be able to fit there but so far for the base game you gonna have it also another thing that i liked from the components that you get is the dice because the dice they remind me to the dice that i used to use um on Star Wars X-Wing, the miniature game. The only difference is that these ones are gold and it looks cooler than red and green. <laughs> anyway, that's that. That's what we find inside the box. And now, now let's talk about how the game plays. I'm going to tell you very briefly, give you an idea how it plays, the base mechanic of the game, and then after that, we're going to jump into my thoughts and my recommendations if i rather play this game solo or competitive because this is not a cooperative game anyway let's see how the game plays game play Okay, so now we are in the gameplay section of the show. Star Wars Outer Rim, and we listen to that epic music, of course, before we jump in the fun. First of all, this is a sandbox mechanic game. It's that combination. When I say a sandbox, of course, I mean like very good games like Western Legends, right? Games that you can do whatever you want, basically. 
right? You are a bounty hunter on the outer rim. That's the theme of the game. We got it. You can be Han Solo. You can be Lando Carician. You can be Boba Fett. You can be Jean Erso. You can be Dr. Afra. You can be IG-88. You can be, you name it. The characters that you find here, they're very cool. All of them bounty hunters. Jean uh, Erso, yeah, it's some kind of a bounty hunter as well. Anyway, um, those are the characters that you can be, right? Of course, most of the people will choose either Han, Jean, uh, or, or Boba, or Lando, right? So anyway, whoever you want to be, you're going to be on the outer rim, trying, trying to fulfill your most private, uh, eager uh, desires, <laughs> right? So anyway, you can win this game by getting fame. And how can you get fame? You can get fame in very, very, very different ways. You can do a lot of jobs, a lot of bounty jobs. You can do uh, a lot of, um, you know, prisoners kind of like go and capture some character from the Star Wars universe and either kill it or take a prisoner and deliver it to another planet. Or you can go to uh, any planet and pick up a job, like a cargo job or something, you know, like basically like an item or whatever crates of whatever you think that is has the narrative on the cards, you pick it up and then you had to deliver in another uh, area on the galaxy in that way you can get rewards such as credits. And then with the credits, you can upgrade your ships. And with those same credits, you can also re, uh, get new crew, new crew, new characters that they will be on your ship as well. They're also going to be patrolling around the outer rim, Imperial ships, uh, rebel ships, um, Ships from the from the HUD, ships from the Syndicate. So you can, at some point, most likely gonna encounter them. And if you have a good reputation with them, they will be like, hey, you know what, we're buddies. So let's say I'm flying through the galaxy with Boba, and Boba has a good reputation with the Rebels because in previous turns he was able to kill some Empire foes. So then when he's traveling through the galaxy from one planet to another, he will face those rebel ships and the ships will be like, hey, dude, we know you. You're a cool guy. Here we go. Pass. You don't have to stop. But be careful. If you don't have a positive reputation with certain faction ships, they will make you stop. Or even worse, they will encounter you and you will have to fight them. And you can get killed, which worst case scenario, if you get killed in this game, basically you lose your turn. But then once you... Once it's your turn again, you're going to be able to heal all the damage from the ship, from your character, and be able to keep messing around the outer rim. So that's basically the game, completing bounty hunters. I'm sorry, completing jobs, completing bounty, capturing prisoners, uh, killing those prisoners, uh, picking up jobs and then delivering them to other places, update, upgrading your ship, upgrading your crew upgrading your gear and you can fight with other players either by land if you're in the same planet so you have a certain stats in your character that you can uh, that, you, that you're gonna be able to to fight or you can fight in in the galaxy through with your ship and your ship can also either get destroyed or you can destroy the other ships also the starting ships they don't have any goal but once you upgrade your ship you're going to have a goal for that ship that you need to accomplish in order to upgrade that ship and gain more fame. Also, the main character that you start with is going to have a goal. Once you accomplish that goal, you're going to flip the card, the character card, and it will give you more benefits. And usually, most likely, they will give you fame as well. There are certain cards on the market that they will be uh, they will be giving you more chances than versus other ones to give you more fame. So how it's going to work, it's every time that you land on a planet, 
you're going to be able... Well, first of all, let me go back a little bit. First of all, on your turn, you're going to have three options. You can either gain 2,000 credits just out of nothing, and you don't you just stay there. You just earn credits because you're a bounty hunter. You can also move towards your uh, ship space, your ship velocity, I'm sorry. You can move certain number of spaces, but be careful and be aware because you don't want to fight or you don't want to encounter any uh, ship that you have bad reputation with it. Uh, so you can try to fly to another planet to, I don't know, fulfill a job, right? You can also heal all your damage from your ship and your character if you want to. And then after that, if you are in a planet, you want to be able to deliver a job, uh, to deliver a cargo, to do whatever action that you can from your board, from your player board, that you're able to perform in that planet in order to gain, once again, credits, fame, and so forth. You can also, in a, as long as you are in a planet, you have access to the market. And the market is basically different piles of cards, different piles of deck of cards that you're going to be able to get more jobs, more bounties, uh, upgrade your ship, and all of those most likely they will require certain amount of credit tokens that you're going to be acquiring during the game. Certain jobs that they go, they're going to give you good rewards, they of course going to cost you 10,000 credits or so forth. Uh, so be careful and be aware that you want to gain credits during the game in that when you can get those jobs. And those jobs usually going to pay you with fame and also with more credits. And with those credits, then you can get a little bit richer, a little bit more adventurous. And you can buy new ships, upgrade your ship, and upgrade your gear and so forth. So that's a very nice, cool thematic mechanic that the game has as long as you land in a planet. And then, if you are in the planet, you have the option to either encounter a, a character token, because each planet will have two character tokens. So you can either encounter, which basically means you uh, find who uh, any of those two uh, character tokens, flip it up and see who is that character, in case you're looking for a certain character on the galaxy for your bounty. Or you can encounter that character by drawing their encounter card number, which there states on the token, and then they will give you certain uh, adventure, mini adventure, or certain narrative that they're going to offer you to the player. And then with that being said, usually either you can fight them or something, or you can uh, pay some credits and gain them, gain them as crew. And when you gain them as crew, well, they are usually able to upgrade your abilities and your stats to perform more things in the game. Uh, if you don't want to face an encounter, an, an encounter character, you don't want to know anyth anything with other characters, you just want to see what happened on the story, see what you can get on that planet and try to research there, then you can encounter the planet, which basically every planet will have a deck of cards that you will draw a card and it will give you an adventure, right? Kind of like a mini adventure and it will tell you, so if you are in this condition or this condition, then read this part or so forth. And they're also going to give you secrets. The secrets, they're going to play a very nice advantage with you because those secrets, you're going to keep it face down or, uh, you know, hidden from the other players and they will be able to help you in certain moments on the game. That's basically the whole mechanics that you're going to do on your turn. The only difference is that if you land in the galaxy and you're not in the plan in any planet, then you're going to face uh, an encounter which, uh, with, a, with a deck of cards that is called the navigation points or the nav point. And then it's the same basically like you were in a planet. The only thing is that there are more thematic towards the out towards the outer space or or yeah you got me so basically they're more thematic for that and they will tell you well if you are in a space with a patrol or not a pat or without a patrol this happen and so forth or if you have um, this reputation in this faction this happen or so forth so basically that's how you're going to be playing 
You're going to be having a lot of mechanics of pickup pick up and delivery, of course. You're going to have a lot of mechanics of adventure because it's basically you're also discovering your kind of your own story and, and adventures through the galaxy. You're going to be having a mechanic of rolling dice for, uh, you know, fights, uh, for tests. For, it depends if you gather, the, if you know, if you have the skills for certain tests, you will have some sort of choose your own adventure kind of because some of those cards, they will uh, put you different options that you can choose for uh, with. And then after you take one option, something is going to happen. And that's basically the complete sandbox of game Star Wars Outer Rim. Those are basically the ideas of how the game works. Once again, traveling from planet to planet, traveling from region to region, fulfilling goals. And if you are playing solo, it's very interesting mechanic that it has. Because you're going to set up the game just as if you were playing two players. But then you're going to uh, shuffle a deck of cards for the uh, AI player. You can choose. They can, well, the game's going to tell you that it has to be a certain character. You have like three options. I always play against Lando. So anyway, uh, once you choose, let's say, Lando as your opponent, you can, he's going to have his deck of cards. And you're going to do your turn normally, just like if you were playing in two-player games. And then you're going to flip up the top card from the AI deck, in this case, Lando's deck. And then he's going to tell you, the card is going to tell you, basically, first, on the first section, he's going to tell you something like, do the, do the first one that apply. And then the next section, it will do, do all that apply. And then the third section will be, do this one that apply. And the AI has a very interesting mechanic of getting fame more quickly than any other player. Why? Because most likely every card will say, at the end, the last option for the AI will be spend 8,000 credits for one fame. And the AI is very easy for the AI to gain credits because for every goal that they're traveling, they basically have the same mechanic of pick, pick up and delivery most of the game. So they don't have to resolve a skill test or anything like that. Yet They just literally pick up a job and deliver it. And once they deliver it, they gain credits. And then once again, every other two or three tons, they're going to be getting fames because they're going to be spending those 8,000 credits for one fame. Wh whoever is the player or, uh, you know, as soon as one player reach um, eight fame, the game is over and that's it. Then you can extend and play for a longer game for 10 fame if you want to get aggressive on the game. But honestly, eight is more is, you know, pretty much enough in order to, to succeed on the game, uh, which actually... Then the rules, they recommend 10 uh, fame. I'm sorry, I did a mistake. The rules recommend 10 fame. Whoever gets to 10 fame uh, triggers the end of the game, and that's it. For a longer game, it will be 12 fame, and for a short game, it will be 8 fame. But the standard rules, they mention 10 fame. Uh, so, yeah, even if 10 fame, the game is long. Imagine going for 12. Anyway, that's how the game works. And now that I told you, more or less, very briefly, how the game works... Let's go and see if I'd rather play this game solo or competitive. And what do I think about the game? Solo or competitive? Okay, so now we are in my favorite section of the show, where is where I tell you, if I rather play this game solo or competitive, in this case, most of the time is solo or cooperative, and I tell you what do I think about the game. Star Wars Outer Rim, published by Fantasy Flight, of course, and designed by 
Corey Kanishka, great designer. I love his games. He's such a great designer, very, very, uh, uh, you know, uh, innovative. And I really like it. Anyway, <clears throat> Star Wars Outer Rim. Oof. You know, when it's a, a game that has a very strong theme that I like, it's kind of hard for me to go um, to go south with it, you know? When I had a Batman game, well, unless it's Batman Flux, well, that, <laughs> that's, I don't have any problem telling you that this is 0.2 and the 0.2 comes from the theme. But usually, uh, more appealing to play good games with the theme that I love. Star Wars Outer Rim is not the exception. Star Wars Outer Rim is fun. You, um, if you have watched the animated series, The Clone Wars, uh, if you have <clears throat> followed the books, if you have, um, you know, watched all the movies, then this is going to work for you. This is definitely going to work for you. But if, especially if you have watched the animated series in the books, because you will see so many characters that you find there that you don't find on the movies. And when you encounter them, it gives you that feeling like, oh, so cool. I remember this episode. I remember this adventure or so forth or this book. So that that's a big plus for the game. The theme is definitely there. Sandbox games. Sandbox games, I do enjoy them. Actually, Western Legends is probably my most favorite sandbox games. And I wanted to have Western Legends a solo mode. And there's actually a fan-made solo mode, but it doesn't work the same. And definitely Western Legends works better with three or more people. And Star Wars Auto Rims, on the other side, <clears throat> I do believe that it works very good uh, for a solo game, for a solitaire game. I think the AI deck does a wonderful world, uh, wonderful work of putting that pressure against you. And even if the terms of the or the A of the A, I'm sorry, they're simple. That doesn't mean that it's bad because actually you don't have to worry too much about them. I mean, yes, you worry about them like trying because they're trying to reach the goal, but you don't have to think too much about what they're gonna do on their turn. And you're trying to focus more of how you can get the fame before they do. So that's a very nice thing that I enjoy because I actually enjoy playing in this game alone. I've been playing this game also two and three players. I haven't played it four. Uh, but yeah, the, the theme is there. The characters are there. The components. Here it comes. The components, they're very standard. I wish, I wish for this game we could have a miniature. I, w I really like a miniature. But at the same time, since you're upgrading ships... I can see where the cost of production to get get you more ships of miniatures or stuff like that, it would be more expensive. Now, since you are uh, moving the characters around, I mean, yes, you can do miniatures, but at the same time, I can see why the stand is. So miniature is more like a personal preference, but I believe the stand is they work well. Now, if you have games like Imperial Assault, well, then you can, you know, just switch those minis over there and and play, uh, put the the minis from <laughs> from Imperial Assault to the to the table now, or Legion because they also use <clears throat> kind of the same minis. So there you go. That's a tip in way in that way if you don't want to play with standees. But the standees they do the job. They 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 do a good job for what it is. It's just once again a preference. I love minis. I like minis, so I would love to have minis for Outer Rim. Anyway, the cards the cards are small, and that's a problem with it because. Honestly, I didn't face any problem with the with the font size of the letters. I think it's fine. But when I was playing with some friends, they had a very hard time reading those cards. So, and I hear it. I hear this also from another reviewers. That is one of the problems that this game is encountering. And I agree. I mean, even if I don't have any problem to read the cards, 
I can see that the font size is very, is very, very, very small because the cards are smaller. I don't think that the production price would it change that much if they would do the cards just the normal size like Fantasy Flight does, like with the silver, um, for the silver standard slips. But for some reason, in, for this game, they went smaller, and that caused that the font went smaller. And especially in some cards that they have another, a lot of narrative, it's like, you know, you had to pay close attention to read. And, you know, I ha I saw some friends struggling with that. So that's a, a, a very negative thing for the game. I wish they couldn't make the cards, you know, come on, people, normal size. But for some reason, once again, they decide to go with small cards. So just be aware of that, that probably you can have some... Uh, some issues, you know, reading the cards, but, you know, trying to focus in it, try to determine what they say. Other than that, I mean, the the theme on the cards there is, the narrative there is, uh, and the choices that it pushes you to do, they're good. Globally, I did enjoy Star Wars Outer Rim, and I, I will bring it off into the table, of course. Now, before I tell you my ratings, let's go to Board Game Geek, of course. Board Game Geeks, like you know, it goes from zero, or from one to a ten, zero to a hundred. They are giving they are giving Star Wars Outer Rim a seven point eight, uh, and uh, wait, they're giving two point four five out of five. I'm kind of in the weight complexity or complexity weight. I agree with with Fantasy Flight. It's probably a two point five out of five. Now you know that in Solo BG podcast, the rating we go like Netflix kind of rating, which is zero to five, where five is I love it, zero it's I hate it. For a Star Wars Outer Rim. I think I will give a solid four. And why? Here's the thing. It's tricky because I feel like if you didn't have the Star Wars theme on the game, which definitely, once again, it would be a completely different game because the characters, they play so good. And when you hire them on your, on your ship and as a crew, they feel so good. Uh, you know, you feel like you really feel like you're playing a Star Wars game. The theme is there. So I think it helps. Like if you would have given me the same game, with another theme that is not too appealing to me, I would probably give it a 3.5. But because of the theme and the mechanics and how well Corey Kanishka and the people from Fantasy Flight implemented the theme with the game, I think it deserves a 4 because it works perfectly together. This is definitely a Star Wars game. It is a Star Wars game that you you know is a Star Wars because the me even the mechanics, they correlate a lot with the bounty hunter aspect of the game. So... With that, with that being said, I give it a strong four, a solid four for this game. Do I rather play this game solo or competitive? Here is the thing. I rather play this game solo. Competitive, yes, I did enjoy it. But the only way I will play a competitive with three players again is if we reduce the amount of fame that we need in order to win the game. I will probably play six fame. I will do the home house rule of doing six fame and whoever gets to six fame wins the game because one of the negatives also of the game is that it will take you a while a few turns in order to have your strategy more like settle and start to win uh, start to earn fame more often at the, at the first time the first couple of rounds first five rounds I will say it's just gonna be more towards building and getting credits and getting jobs and things like that so you're gonna start to see and start to feel the juice of the game after five rounds or so so that's why, in order to avoid a longer game, I will think that this game will work great if you play up to six fame, uh, seven fame at most with more players. Now, if I'm playing solo, 
I don't have any problem going for 10, for 10 fame. Why? Why? Because, of course, you are reducing the amount of time by going just by your turn in the AI really quick versus waiting for two other players to make their decisions. One positive thing of the game, of course, is that also while the, while the other players are waiting for their turn, the game allows you to plan some strategy in that way that time is not waste. With that being said, when one player is taking their turn, it gives enough time to the other players to start a thing like, okay, I have this job, I want to go there, probably this guy has this crew that I need to kill, uh, he's going to fly towards there or so forth. So anyway, that's another good thing of the game that it will keep everybody busy. It's just the time length of the game that it can be a long game, just to be aware of that. Now, here's my thing. If I'm going to play a three-player game, a three-hour game, would I rather have been playing Outer Rim? Or should I be playing Manchester of Madness or Mage Knight or something like that, right? So that's when my comparison comes fall fall into. That's why I'm saying like I I think this game, at least for me, it works better for solo time wise. Uh, and still I have fun. I mean it's a blast because it's a Star Wars once again. So that's my review for the for the Star Wars Outer Rim. Just so you know, <clears throat> the game right now you can find it on Amazon and it's on sale for fifty seven seventy nine. Today's date, once again, May 9, 10, 2020. And the regular price, the retail price, or the MSRP in America, at least, it's $64.95 American dollars. Uh, so that's the price of Adderim. Do I think it's worth it? If you're a Star Wars fan and you have watched the Clone Wars and comics and stuff and books, yes, definitely. If you have only watched the movies but you want to know more about the Star Wars universe, yes, definitely. So if you like a Star Wars at all, yes, definitely. This is a game for you, Star Wars Outer Rim. It's something different, you know, because you have games like Imperial Assault that it's, you can play it skirmish, you can play in one versus all, you can play it cooperative now with the app. Then you have the new Star Wars uh, Dark uh, the Dark Side Rising by US Opoly. Then you have Star Wars Legion, Star Wars Miniatures, so forth. But this one is definitely different. I was when I when I wanted to play this game, I didn't know what to expect, and I was like, "Oh, probably they're gonna do more of the same." But I was very happy that that they that they did something different. And once again, if you like sandbox games and you wanna play something solo, this is an also a good chance to do it because this is probably one of the few sandbox games that they will give you a good solitary mode and still get that feeling of adventure and do whatever you want the way that you want and still be able to play solo so anyway that was star wars outer rim once again published by fantasy flight and decide by Corey kanishka and also by tony fanchi anyway i hope you enjoyed this episode once again this was episode number 63 i want to tell you that if you if you want to listen to me talking in spanish well now we start with solo bg podcast in espanol which it means Solo BG Podcast in Spanish. And we're going to do the same, a weekly episode, when I'm going to talk about a game, but in Spanish, and I'm going to have guest designers, uh, Kickstarters, interviews, and stuff. The same thing that we do here for English. And also, I want to really want to tell you that you can follow me in all my social media at Solo BG Podcast at Gmail. Uh, I'm sorry, Solo BG Podcast, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can shoot me an email at Solo BG Podcast at gmail.com. That has been all for episode number 63. I'm very happy that I was able to bring this game to the podcast. Looking forward to review more uh, Star Wars games that I have over there on my shelf that I'm looking right now and they're all telling me like, come on, dude, 
do an episode about me and I will, I will, I promise you I will. Anyway, thank you so much. You know, take care, stay strong, stay safe. And I hear you and I see you through the speaker on episode number 64 of Solo BG Podcast. And like always, remember... For victory, go tell your friends. Till next time, see you through the speaker and at the tabletop.